before this week's episode, we just want to talk about all the wonderful ways you can support the South Congress podcast via Patreon. At $1 a month, you get access to our post-show content tier. Patrons at this tier get to hear additional audio from all of our South Congress, Goose Down, and Special Edition pods. At $5 a month, you get to be part of our Watch Party tier. Whenever we do a movie watch-along or a Goosebumps watch-along, you'll be given access to the video. And at $10 a month, you'll get to be part of our Merch Giveaway tier, where every month, we'll give any patron at that tier something from one of our online stores, whether it be TeePublic, Redbubble, or Teespring, to show our appreciation for their support. Thank you guys for supporting the show. The South Congress Podcast is a lifestyle show that sometimes crosses over into mature territory. The views expressed are those of the hosts and guests who come from different backgrounds and experiences. Listener discretion is advised. Let's welcome most of you back and some of you for the first time to the Goose Down, part of the South Congress Podcast Network, where I, Cameron, review each and every book in the classic R.L. Stein series Goosebumps. This week, we are going to be covering book eight, The Girl Who Cried Monster, uh, with the title itself being a take off of The Boy Who Cried Wolf. This is one of my favorite books in the series, um, primarily because like it's one of the better TV versions that they did, even though they veered away from the story a lot. And I think I'm actually going to get a chance to do a review video of the TV episode before next week's new episode. But um, yeah, just the way it was done visually, having an unreliable narrator which is something you don't see a lot in a children's book. I think we're really strong points of this. And the majority of the book is actually antagonist versus protagonist. Like these two interact a lot, um, which is different than a lot of the books because you had magic creatures that were sentient but couldn't talk in some cases or like there was a giant accident that made people act weird, things like that. But this is very much protagonist trying to outsmart and outwit the antagonist. And on the other side, the antagonist trying to figure out the protagonist's motivation. So just a, a really heavy for a children's book. But let's get directly into it. So Lucy is our main character. Probably Lucy's key characteristic. 
She loves talking about monsters and she loves to scare people. Um, in particular, her little brother, Randy, who is very easily scared. The story actually opens with her telling Randy about monsters that eat toes. And she hides her toes in the sand to kind of freak him out. And she tries to scare her best friend as well, our best friend Aaron. And she ends up, you know, not really being able to freak him out because he's not really into monsters. So this book is set in a town called Timberland Falls. Nobody wore boots the whole book, I don't think. But um, it's set during summer vacation. And I think a lot of people can relate to this. If you weren't on vacation... If you weren't at camp and you weren't playing a sport, what did your parents want you to do during the summer instead of just laying around and play video games? For some reason, they wanted you to read books. So Lucy is a part of this uh, club at the library called Reading Rangers. And I'll let the actual text describe what happened. Um, The way Reading Rangers works is I have to go see Mr. Mortman, the librarian, once a week. And I have to give a short report. And answer some questions about the book I read that week. I get a gold star for every book I report on. If I get six gold stars, I get a prize. And I think the prize is a book. Big deal, right? But it's just a way to make you read. So Lucy is hyper aware of her surroundings and people's motivations. And again, I think that plays into her being a very good narrator, but also an unreliable one as the story goes on. So Mr. Mortman runs a library. Um, I grew up Northwest San Antonio and the Northwest branch of the library system is this really cool converted greenhouse looking building. And what I've noticed is a lot of libraries that are smaller or more local weren't originally built as libraries. And that's what you actually get in this story. There's an old guy who lived in town, passed away, didn't actually have any type of family or friends around. So In his will, he left his house to the city, and they ended up converting it into a library. And so Mr. Mortman, um, the librarian, is, you know, kind of the shorter, bald, heavy-set guy. And his key characteristic is he always has wet hands, Um, which is, you know, gross to think about. Um, But it actually brings me to a really cool story. I remember this uh, this dinner party I went to um, around Christmas with my other half, and One of the ladies she introduced me to um, shakes my hand and she apologizes immediately. She's like, I'm sorry. My hands are still a bit wet from the bathroom. And my immediate response was, well, thank God. I would hate for you to come out of the bathroom with bone dry hands because then I have questions about you. She laughed. It was it was a pretty good dinner party joke, if I do say so myself. But okay. so one thing that Lucy says early on, and again, this is a narrator who tells you a lot about their motivations and the things that they like to do. She enjoys spying on people. Um, she likes watching how people work, their characteristics, how they move. And when once we get to the end of the story, you'll kind of understand why. Um, after Lucy reads uh, Huckleberry Finn, and she doesn't actually get too far into it. Um, part of this Reading Rangers book club, you go see Mr. Mortman. I'm um, just like a describe. You tell him what you read in the book, and he gives you a star, and then gives you the next book to read. So one day she's out at the library, and after meeting with him about Huck Finn, she realizes that she left her rollerblades there. 
And there's a really cool visual of her being almost late to go to the library, but it's only like six or seven blocks away. So she's able to actually rollerblade there. Um, she goes inside and she sees Mortman uh, through the window of his office. And he's in front of his desk and he has this really large um, collection of, not a collection, he has turtles as pets. She sees him reach into a container of flies with his bare hand. And she's assuming that he's going to feed it to the turtles. Without warning, his head begins to swell larger. His eyes get huge and they turn black. And then his mouth warps into like, you know, a massive row of teeth and darkness. And he starts to eat the flies. And she's completely freaked out. And, you know, she's terrified. She leaves the library. Um, she realizes she doesn't have a rollerblades. She tries to go back to get them, but it's locked, so she can't do it. So she goes home, tries to tell everybody, her mom, her dad, and her brother, that the librarian's a monster. But just like the title of the book, she's always pushing this agenda. This is a monster. That's a monster. So nobody believes her. Um, in particular, like her parents are like, okay, like we know this isn't real because it's never been real. So you're just talking. So Lucy isn't afraid to the point where she never wants to interact with him again. If anything, as somebody who tends to tell tall tales, when she's finally telling the truth, she really, really wants people to believe her. Um, she's like, you know, your classic liar in a relationship. Um, when you lie, 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 and then you're finally telling the truth, you get so upset when somebody doesn't believe you. Or so I've heard. So... Her next, uh, like her next idea that she wants to do, a week later, she wants to go back to the library and try to catch him doing something out of the ordinary. Um, and so this time, he gives her Frankenstein to read. When she goes to confront him um, about the book to do her review, she says, you know, wouldn't it be cool if there were actual monsters he doesn't seem like really taken aback by what she said. Um, you know, doesn't flinch. Eyes don't change. She just says, like, I don't think most people would like their monsters existing in real life. They like to keep them in books. Um, so, you know, at this point, she's almost convinced that what she saw wasn't real. She hides in the library um, in a corner that he can't see her. She sees him do it again. So he eats the flies, right? And he's in full transformation. But this time, he eats one of the turtles whole. So she's completely freaked out. On the way home, she runs into her friend Aaron. And again, Aaron is so used to his friend's stories, but he's also really no nonsense. So he's really not entertaining what she's saying at all. Um, she tries to tell her little brother, who's always gullible to these type of stories, um, but again, doesn't react. She hears a knock on the door and it's Mr. Mortman, the librarian. Turns out Lucy left her backpack like in her rush to escape this scene. So he gives her the backpack back and he's like, yeah, you forgot it at the library. And then he leaves at the same time that her mom gets home. So there's no type of actual like interaction or skirmish or anything like that. Um, now again, she's super frustrated that, uh, nobody believes what she's saying. 
So now she's coming up with like entire Mission Impossible plans to catch him in the act and not to get rid of him, not to hurt him, like nothing like that. Just so people believe that he's actually a monster. Like, again, there, there are every once in a while, there's an idea that violence could exist because of this. But like at no point, at least early on, does she show actual fear for her life. Um, so her first plan is like, okay, everybody knows Aaron's no nonsense. Everybody knows Aaron doesn't make up stories. So I'm going to have Aaron go with me to catch him in the act. When she, she convinces Aaron to do it and he's like, yeah, what do I get out of it? She's like $5. She's like, all right, pay me in advance. When she goes to get him so that they can do the spine, his brother answers the door and it turns out he went to go get braces. So she has to come up with a new plan. What's the plan? My parents got me a camera for my birthday. So I'm going to use the camera to take a picture. Of course, because it was 1993, she has to check and make sure that the camera still has film in it because it's 1993. Um, But it does. And so she goes to the library, finds a spot, catches him in a transformation, snaps a picture. And the flash goes off. So he notices the flash. Doesn't notice that it's Lucy. But he starts to give chase. And the telephone rings. It startles him enough. To where she has a chance to actually escape. So boom. Lucy. Known liar. Known tall teller. Has her evidence. What's the problem? taking a picture on a camera in 1993 and being able to produce evidence. You have to get the film developed. Luckily, um, her mom didn't make dinner, and so she convinces the family to go eat dinner at the mall where there's a uh, one-hour you know, photo development place back when they used to have those. They eat, they get the film developed, and everything is there. The library, the the turtles, the jar of flies. Mortman is not in the picture. So it's not necessarily science that ever really gets explained. But she snapped the picture. Monster's not in the picture. Go figure, right? So Lucy comes up with another plan. She is going to stalk the monster... <laughs> With Aaron. So, so again, Lucy, regardless of if she shows fear in the moment, um, it seems to be more fear of being trapped in a situation with a monster than a monster actually existing. Because they do like a full creep following him home for blocks. So they follow him to his house. He goes inside. They find a window that they feel can be a vantage point. They're kids. They're not tall. So Lucy balances on a wheelbarrow to look through his window at home. She balances on the wheelbarrow. She sees him go to his aquarium. He morphs into the monster, grabs a snail out of the aquarium and eats it, crushing the shell as he's eating it. So this is this is by far 
like the grossest book in the series so far, as far as the visuals go. Um, yeah, he's doing some pretty dirty stuff with a pretty ugly face and then eating animals like as they're alive, just you know, disgusting. Um, she sees this happen and she falls off the wheelbarrow from being startled. Um, she feels like Mortman looks up at her and then she looks around, she cannot find Aaron. Um, because Aaron had went to go get a ladder. Um, when she falls and starts to get up and run, Mortman grabs her from behind, like on her shoulder. He's like, yo, Lucy, are you okay? He's, of course, like not morphed anymore at this point. Like it's normal him. She is scrambling and scrambling to come up with an excuse. What's the excuse she comes up with? She was going to be late for their next appointment. And she wanted to tell him in person that she was going to be late. Um, so he, he lets her go. She finds Aaron um, as she's leaving. He's scared for her. Like, he's like, yo, I couldn't find my friend when we were trying to get away. Um, like, he's standing there in tears with his fist clenched. Like, not out of wanting to fight somebody, but just being that upset at the situation. But he still tells her, yo, like, I went to go get the ladder. I didn't see anything. Lucy is still hell-bent on proving that Mortman is a monster to everybody. She even asked her mom to hide in the library with her. And her mom's like, yo, I really don't have time for this. So she ends up going to her next appointment. When she goes in, she's the only one in the library, and he locks the door. And just like in Say Cheese and Die, which we did earlier, so if this is your first time listening, go back and check out Say Cheese and Die. Um... Just like the person who created the evil camera, he tells Lucy that he can't let her leave because she knows what's really going on. So, looks like it's curtains for Lucy at this point. He has her cornered, and in like the midst of the commotion, a card catalog falls over. And so, this is where we get some insight into the rules of the monster. Probably his biggest thing. He seems to need undivided focus on like whatever his prey is in order for him to pursue it successfully because the card catalog falls over and he immediately starts scrambling to try to put it back together, to try to reorganize everything. And so are his type of monster predisposed to being librarians? Maybe. It doesn't really say. But yeah, any small distraction seems to throw him off to the point that he has to address it. So Lucy ends up escaping and she sees Aaron on the street and Aaron says, yo, Lucy, I was coming to the library, too. I saw everything. So our protagonist finally has somebody who believes her. So unreliable Lucy with reliable Aaron go to Lucy's parents. Yo, I saw a monster. I know you don't trust me. Aaron saw a monster. I know you believe Aaron. What are we going to do? Her parents decide to invite Mr. Mortman over for dinner. And you're like, what is going on? So now you're really fearing for Lucy. It's like. They're going to bring the monster to our house. I've seen what he can do. Like anybody with like. 
just the strength to eat a turtle or a snail cracking the shell and all like you have to feel like these people should be in fear of their lives so mr mortman comes over for dinner um you know lucy's freaked out but here he is in the house having small talk with her parents they talk about how much they appreciate him running the reading rangers program um you know all the good that it's doing lucy him you know being nice enough to bring her backpack home and this is where the conversation switches mr mortman on his best behavior says it was so kind of you to invite me I don't get too many home-cooked meals. What's for dinner? Lucy's dad says, you are. And he starts to approach him. Mr. Mortman says, what? And he puts his hand behind his ear, a la a certain racist former wrestler. And he's like, I didn't hear you correctly. Like, what's for dinner? And he says again, he says, you are. And Mr. Mortman is freaked out at this point. So I'll just kind of read the passage going forward. Um... Mr. Mortman let out a little cry and turned bright red. He struggled to raise himself from the low couch. Mom and dad were too fast for him. They both pounced on him. Their fangs popped down. And they gobbled the librarian up in less than a minute, bones and all. Randy laughed gleefully. I had a big smile on my face. My brother and I haven't gotten our fangs yet. That's why we couldn't join in. Well, that's that, Mom said standing up and straightening the couch cushion. Then she turned to Randy and me. That's the first monster to come to Timberland Falls in nearly 20 years. That's why it took us so long to believe you, Lucy. You sure gobbled them up fast, I exclaimed. In a few years, you'll get your fangs, Mom said. Me too, Randy declared. Then maybe I won't be afraid of monsters anymore. Mom and Dad chuckled. Then Mom's expression turned serious. You both understand why we had to do that, don't you? We can't allow any other monsters in our town. It would frighten the whole community, and we don't want people to get frightened and chase us away. We like it here. Dad burped loudly. Pardon me, he said, covering his mouth. And the story ends with Lucy telling her brother a scary bedtime story about the monster that was a librarian. So, like, this whole story, you approach it like Lucy is one of us who is trying to, at her best, avoid, at her worst, expose a monster in the community. Come to find out, Lucy's just a monster who hasn't shown her monster traits yet. And her parents, who are monsters, who don't seem to be any type of, well... Don't specifically seem to be preying on people or doing everything they can to make sure they aren't exposed as monsters. So when a monster shows up, they kill them. Like, wow, that's that's everything. So, you know, when I say unreliable narrator, it's um, it's a lot like and, and pardon me, I don't want to take time to go and find the name of the movie, but it's that Denzel Washington, John Goodman movie. Where John Goodman is occupying or yeah, occupies different people's bodies and he's like that evil, you know, ancient spirit. And he starts off by saying, This is a story about the time I almost died. And so you go through the entire movie thinking that Denzel Washington is gonna win, and then you remember at the very end he said, This is the time where I almost died. So 
you know, I think it was, was it Azazel? I think it was. Um, the name of the spirit, not the uh, movie, but yeah. So, so it's a lot like that. Like you're following this character's journey the whole time. Um, and it turns out like that, that they're bad necessarily, but they're operating under the pretense of something other than trying to make sure they were the only monsters that exist. And so now you do understand Lucy's fast fascination with monsters and why her parents would prefer it if it wasn't something she brought up in jest. Because it's something they take very serious because they want to maintain their low profile. So, you know, as much as I love Night of the Living Dummy, as as good as, you know, Welcome to Dead House was as an introduction, and these stories have been kind of a blend of science and fantasy and really the relationship between children and adults. Like, as good as that's been, I think this is the best story so far. Um, just because it's from such a unique perspective, like it's really a cat and mouse game. It's very much a chase and a race to the truth that doesn't exist in the other books. Like it's not even necessarily horror. Like it really is suspense, um, unless you're the librarian and people are eating you alive in front of their children. That that could be a problem. But yeah, um, book eight, the girl who cried monster. I really, really enjoyed this one. Um, If this is your first time listening, um, I have covered the first seven books in the Goosebump series. If you're checking this out on SoundCloud, um, you can just check out Goosebumps. I'm sorry, Goose Down as a playlist and you'll see each of the episodes um if this is something you're listening to on itunes or on spotify you'll be able to find the episodes um over the last two months we've done one every week except last week we took a week off um but yeah this is the eighth book in the series the girl who cried monster next week we'll be back with welcome to camp nightmare um and and it's funny i've seen that one and this one as the tv versions Um, This is probably my favorite TV version of a Goosebumps book just because of the variations that they made. Um, I really hope that four are are patrons this month that I get to do an actual episode review of that. Um, Really fun to watch. But yeah, um, it's been the Goose Down episode eight covering the girl who cried monster next week we're going to have welcome to camp nightmare my name is cameron and thank you for joining me south congress and the pro wrestling torch east coast cast have two online stores to buy shirts hoodies stickers mugs notebooks and more visit redbubble.com and tpublic.com and search seahawk to see all of the merchandise we run specials every few weeks so join the south congress and east coast cast facebook fan pages for all the details on our online specials and promotions 